the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. This is Impact Wrestling Moose, and you're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, former Dirt Sheet writer Lee Walker. You can find old interviews and articles at sportskita.com, therichest.com, thesportster.com, and you can also find me where it all began at Ringside News. Uh, Speaking of Ringside News... Justin, as I have my co-host here, Justin Largertoe, youtube.com slash trust, the Perched Correspondent. What's up, everybody? Steve Carrier, the owner of Ringside News, is stepping away from the day-to-day operations. I did bring this up on uh, facebook.com slash perchedonthetoprope that I would talk about this. And... Justin, I don't know if you saw it, but from the account of Rinkside News, Steve was tweeting at uh, Soraya, AEW there. I probably pronounced the name wrong, but whatever. Um, no, you they, actually uh, right. Good job. Oh, wow. I've, <laughs> I've been pronouncing it wrong, so I'm, I'm quite shocked I got it right. I'm notorious for that, especially if you follow us with New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's why we didn't review Wrestle Kingdom on this show, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Anyway, Wrestle Kingdom's not bad. It's just me with their names. It's, it's <laughs> not exactly uh, a good time when you're when you're in this field. So uh, he tweeted at her like some really nasty stuff. Uh, he's known to attack others in the field. You know, he's notorious for going after Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, he's had a meltdown over the past few years and, and he's he apologized to her. He's apologized to all the colleagues in a tweet and he's stepping down from day-to-day operations. Justin, we have known Ringside News to be like one of those National Enquirer type magazines where you think it's all a bunch of load of crap. Uh, and he, you know, they tweet out ridiculous stuff. He goes on wild spurts. It's uh, I, it's a shame the way he's acted over the years. I, I worked for him back in 2018. And I can say back in 2018, he wasn't the way he was now, like how we've seen him on Twitter. Um, we actually had an issue where I had interviewed uh, Chris Chavez Tatanka for Ringside News. And a couple of websites actually stole the article and like we went after them over it. And, you know, that's where I had seen like the malicious side of him a little bit, but it's also like, you're not giving credit where credit was due in the, in their articles is what was going on. But a lot of people think he doesn't have connections in the business and I can 100% tell you he does I won't go into detail or anything, but there was a, at that time, there was some DMs with Chris Jericho going on. 
over a uh, photo that had been leaked out by the dirt sheets and yeah, that's as far as that'll go. Anyway, uh, the only thing I can say is I'm glad that Steve's, you know, going to step away and get the help he needs. Uh, but at the same time, Justin, he kind of gave us some comical stuff, but the way he's been lately has not been comical at all. It's been been rather sad to see someone's mental health deteriorate the way that that, that has. So uh, as someone who used to work for Steve, I wish him the best and, and hope that, you know, everything goes well for him. Yeah, uh, like I said, you know Steve more personally than I do from Ringside News, uh, but I am no stranger to all the uh, tweets that have been put out from that Twitter account. I see yeah. a few of them throughout my Facebook feed at least a few times a day, so I'm definitely aware of the Soraya situation and the back and forth with her and her brother, and, you know, yeah, I mean, good on the guy for going to get help. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully it works out for him. Yeah, and speaking of uh, help and, and some health scares here, Justin, uh, Jerry Lawler had a a stroke. He was found in his driveway, face down. And he's been taken to Florida, where we did an update. I think it was a Facebook.com slash perch on the top rope that he is going to make a full recovery. Uh, his speech is limited. There's a long road ahead of him, but uh, we posted photos. He was with Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart went to visit him. And you could see Jimmy showing Jerry old photos of them, you know, in, in wrestling-related stuff. Uh, very, very cool to see that. We hope nothing but the best for Jerry. Uh, scary situation there, you know, to to have something like that happen and to not have anyone around you right away. Like could have been a lot worse than, than what happened. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm glad to hear everything is going good with the King so far. Uh, it's not, it hasn't been too long since we last saw him. He was just doing commentary for that Imperium, Seth Rollins, Street Profits, six man tag on the 30th anniversary of Raw show just two weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, Kings had scary situations like this. We're all, aware of the you know the heart attack that took place in the third hour of raw uh just 11 years ago not even uh even the king couldn't handle a third hour of raw at that time but you know uh everything turned out for the best in that situation i hope all the best for the king in this situation it's great to hear he's doing a lot better yeah i do too and you know we've been fortunate enough to actually interview jerry the king lawler when we were at the new show down in Poughkeepsie, New York. What a trip that was. Oh, yes. <sighs> man, oh, man. Uh, that was a, was a good interview. We thank Jerry Lawler for everything he's done for us, and we hope nothing but the best for him. Uh, wrestling has taken quite the hit health-wise, ladies and gentlemen. But Justin, let's get into some wrestling. I mean, there's no easy way to transition from that, so let's just... Yeah, man. Right. Let's get right into it. Like you said, we're uh, we're still on the road to WrestleMania going strong. And I think the best way to, you know, get into this and Lee is pointing at the sign. I know you guys can't see it, but uh, he's pointing at that WrestleMania sign just like I am every day. Uh, but the best way to get into it is with the biggest story, at least in the WWE right now, 
involving the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn, formerly known as Sami Uso, formerly known as the Honorary Uso, formerly known as the Master Strategist, formerly known as Usi in the Sky with Diamonds, Sami Zayn. Uh, so we had the continuation from the Royal Rumble uh, this past Friday on SmackDown. Roman Reigns came out to address the status of the bloodline. Jey Uso has not been seen since the Royal Rumble. And we saw Sami Zayn come out in a hood, you know, attack Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns got the upper hand at one point, tried to get a chair. And to my surprise, at least this early in the feud, I'm surprised they did this spot where Sami Zayn speared Roman Reigns. And, you know, the crowd popped. Sami Zayn told Roman, you know, I've never wanted anything from you, but now I want something, and I want that WWE Universal Champion Championship. And then the match was made for Elimination Chamber in Montreal, so we're, we're getting ready for what may be the most fun match of the year in WWE, uh, at least with the crowd that they're going to have in Montreal for this match. And uh, we're normally spoiler-free is the way to be, isn't that right, Justin? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to spoil something, and I apologize. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this a couple shows back when I made my return. However, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to spoil what the chair looks like. Because we've already seen it. We saw it on the printed out page before it even made it onto like an actual chair. You have the regular, you know, the WWE logo with the Elimination Chamber, you know, all that as like its background and everything. Justin, who do you think is on the chair? Would that be Sami Zayn? I would believe you're right. Oh, I was going to say Mantar. No, it's not Mantar. I'm very sorry to disappoint anyone on that one. I'm disappointed in that one. Didn't fit all that beef on that chair. Oh, man. But Sami Zayn uh, fans, you'll be able to sit on his face while at the Elimination Chamber. So enjoy. I really liked how they did the spot where they like paid tribute to the Shield when Sami hit Roman with the chair. You know, and then you know later we see vice versa, just like how we saw it with uh, Roman and Seth. In that, when when Seth Rollins ultimately turned, you know, when we kind of saw Sammy turn, just like Seth Rollins in the Shield moment right there. The only difference is Sammy got the hell beaten out of him afterwards. Right. But I thought that was I thought it was a really cool spot. Like if you if you if you go back and watch it, you can see a lot of similarities between that at the Royal Rumble when that all broke up but seeing sammy hit the it was a good spear man i thought it was a great spear definitely i i said the same thing when i first saw it like i popped i popped like it was it was, it was a good spot so ultimately we get a match now at, a, at at the elimination chamber which is next week justin so we'll be doing uh We'll be doing our predictions next week for that, so fans, make sure you uh, tune in no matter where you listen, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitch, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle. It's perched on the top rope. That's what we're doing next week. 
so we know this is most likely, I'm going to assume, like the main event, Justin. We have other matches on the card. There are two chamber matches, uh, one in which with the, the women, you will get a shot at Bianca Belair at WrestleMania, which we have already found out that Monday Night Raw's Rhea Ripley has challenged Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So... Justin, who is qualified for the women's elimination chamber for a shot at the Raw Women's Championship? So for the women's elimination chamber, uh, they kind of went, you know, Royal Rumble 1997 style with this. Uh, Ironically, seeing as the Rumble was in the Alamo Dome that year and then the Rumble was in the Alamo Dome this year. Uh, But they chose the, the last four of the women's Rumble, obviously minus Rhea Ripley. So you had Raquel Rodriguez, Liv Morgan, Kana or Kana Asuka. Everyone's calling her fucking Kana, and I'm I, I can't even keep up. It's still Asuka. Just don't listen to me. Uh, and Nikki Cross. And then we had two qualifying matches on Raw and SmackDown over the course of the last week. Natalia has qualified. That's a given with them being in Canada and Montreal. And the returning Carmella is the sixth participant in that match and rounds out the field. Dude, I gotta ask, can they please give a gimmick to Carmella and fucking stick with it? How many times do we get she's the Staten Island princess and then she's all glammed up in dresses and then she's back to being like a hood rat type fucking looking like Mickey Mouse on the street with freaking crop top and bell bottoms for crying out loud. I can't deal with it. They change her so many damn times. It's not even funny. You know who else they do it to also is uh, Lacey Evans. Holy crap. Decide what you're doing with her. We got a sob story that my life was terrible. Blah, blah, blah. I went into the Marines and now all of a sudden she's acting like a badass heel again. Are we supposed to give her sympathy? Or are we supposed to hate her fucking guts? Which is it? I want to know. I'm, I'm ser- like, I'm, I'm like the backstreet boys right now. Quit playing games with my heart, with my heart. Come on. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. The Lacey Evans situation, and, you know, we weren't even planning on talking about this. Lacey Evans situation, they just don't know where they want to go with her. Uh, You know, ever since she came back from her pregnancy and, you know, having the kid, and as you mentioned, they were airing those segments on SmackDown where we're supposed to believe we're having sympathy for this woman, but the plan was to bring her back as a heel. Don't tell me how that works, but okay. And then they just decided, hey, we're going to take her off TV for a few months. Now she's doing the Cobra Clutch. Like, where where is this coming from? Like, I mean, what's next? Hey, when Marine 13 comes out, I think we know who's being casted for it. (laughs) All right. (sighs) Anyway, I had to go down that rabbit hole. It's driving me nuts. It didn't start out with a kiss because it didn't happen like this. It started with Carmella. I think she's a fella. Let's keep moving on. (laughs) So who we have the United States uh, championship match uh, being decided in the elimination chamber as well. Obviously, we're not getting uh, the undisputed universal championship as a elimination chamber match since we know that it's Roman and Sammy. Justin, I gotta ask first off: Do you think doing the United States Championship in there makes sense, or should they go to, should have gone with the more higher tier of the Intercontinental Championship? 
I mean, I think it's a situation where you can go either way. Uh, I don't mind them doing it with the U.S. title. If the rumored match does end up taking effect with a triple threat with, you know, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and Gunter for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania, then I do think it's probably the safest way to go for the U.S. title chamber at Elimination Chamber, just so you don't have everyone, you know, in the ring at the same time. And, you know, save that for WrestleMania is kind of how I'm looking at it. That makes sense, but I mean that's really a two-on-one handicap match, right? Because what what is Drew McIntyre and Sheamus's tag team, or what was their tag team name before? Uh, you the, know, uh, stuff happened. Banger Bros. The Banger Bros. Don't Google that. You know what? Let let, let me say something quick. All this talk a few years ago about. Oh, we can't put China in the Hall of Fame because kids can Google her and see all the stuff she's done in the past. Yet in the same fucking month in this company this year, we've had the Banger Bros as a tag team, and we've had Raw is XXX. I mean, the Raw XXX, you can understand with the you know Roman numerals, but I mean, come on, like. <laughs> If it I, realistically, if they don't come out with condoms of their own and it just says Raw is XXX on it with the logo, they're they're totally missing out on a great marketing ploy right there. You're welcome, WWE, for that. Uh, uh, however, the uh, the other banger bros. Uh, I mean, how many how many times? I mean, at least I pay attention. Uh, there's a particular. A porn company that loves tweeting at wrestling. Yes, and I've also noticed there's uh, quite a few porn stars that like tweeting at wrestlers. Uh, we we know that a certain wrestler we won't name names, <coughs> Dolph Ziggler, um, is usually spotted at the AVN Awards, which is uh, Adult Video Entertainment Awards, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <coughs> Dolph Ziggler. So, um, oh, I mean, there's also Matt Riddle, who's, you know, literally dating a porn star now while he's in rehab. Let's not forget that one, uh, which I mean, good for him. I mean, if you like your girl getting banged out by things as big as my forearm, which is fans is actually pretty big because I do work out. Uh, good for you. Good for you. That's <laughs> Wow. Anyway, Justin, who do we have in the United States uh, Championship Elimination Chamber? Yeah, so for the U.S. title Elimination Chamber, you obviously have the United States Champion Austin Fury, Seth Frickin' Rollins, uh, Johnny Gargano, the newest addition to the Raw roster with Bronson Reed, Damian Priest from the Judgment Day, and the one that I kind of find the most interesting in this match, uh, from the Street Profits, Montez Ford. And I kind of see him in this match as kind of, you know, testing him and seeing how he'll do with a singles run. We've heard, it hasn't really been brought up recently, but we were hearing more towards the end of last year to expect a draft after WrestleMania. And, you know, it's kind of coming up around that time. So, you know, Angelo Dawkins, he's been getting himself in a better shape. You know, he's he's taken off the jersey when he wrestles now. He's improving his in-ring style, and hopefully that works out for him because... For the longest time, it it would be worrisome for that man if Montez Ford were to leave him. But I feel like uh, Ford being in this match is a way to test him as a single star. 
I mean, let's not forget he also spent a lot of time in NXT, and the fact that he didn't get cut at any point was also surprising. Let's be honest. But Angelo Dawkins has improved so much that I'm actually shocked that, like, you know, like PWI, like their 500 list, didn't recognize him and, like, put him in, like, most improved category type deal. Mm-hmm. He, you, you know, he's flying over the top rope now. He's, he's, I think he's recognized because I'm sure, you know, they're friends and they talk. So I'm sure he knows that, you know, they want to push Montez for a singles, a singles run. And if Montez goes somewhere, you know that Bianca is going to follow. So I would expect to see Angelo be the one be drafted somewhere, if anything. Uh, right. Which if that, you know, if they split that tag team up, it's inevitable. But at the same time, what happens when the Usos drop the titles? I, I, I don't think they have enough tag teams to fully keep the division going. You know, we've already watched the Usos defeat like every tag team out there. But the, the problem I have is I hate watching tag teams get split up. We always know that there's a Shawn Michaels to the, the Marty Jannetty. We know that aspect is usually true. I don't see that really being the case with this tag team. I see Montez going far in a singles run. I see Angelo doing well in a singles run too, because he can talk on a mic. He can, he can work. He's good. Whether or not they give him the same sort of push as Montez Ford will be a whole different story, which I'm sure that him knowing has pushed him to work out harder, uh, change his in-ring ability and being like, all right, I need to buckle down because if I'm losing this guy, I'm going to be in trouble. How many times have we seen it where tag teams, Justin, uh, break up and only one star flourishes and the other one just drifts? Oh, it's all the time, especially, you know, under the Vince McMahon regime uh, when Vince was in charge of creative. And, you know, those days may not be gone for good, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, most recent kind of thing I can think of similar to this is, you know, heavy machinery, Otis and Tucker. That's the exact tag team I had in my head. Exact tag team. Especially with Tucker because he's, what's he doing? He's just dropped off the face of the planet. Completely. Yeah. So, uh, very shocking. So, if they break up, I mean, let's not forget, though, Angelo Dawkins had a qualifying match against Damian Priest and lost. Uh, I also see this as... There's a lot of young, I don't younger talent. I mean, maybe not so young because Damian Priest is actually older. Mm-hmm. He's probably more. He's more around my age. But the thing is, here is this is like breakout stars of the company that are in this. Aside from like Seth Rollins, right? It's a more newer generation. I'm expecting to see a lot of spots, a lot of big spots in this. Uh, I think you're going to see some shocking eliminations, as we always do. But nothing to me will be more shocking than Marci- uh, Santino Morella in the Elimination Chamber, which was great when that happened. Hit a hell of a year that year, actually, now that you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to get into predicting who we think would win this, because we're doing that next week. Right. But those are some great names. Yeah. Great names. Should be a, should be a banger. 
<laughs> you know, speaking of bangers, NXT just had uh, Vengeance Day recently, and we saw some uh, had some interesting things happen there, huh, Justin? Yeah. So as Lee was just mentioning, we had Vengeance Day last week, NXT's first not takeover but premium live event back on the road. Uh, I'll I'll just say this: the feeling of being out of the performance center. Uh, in the whatever you want to call it, the NXT Dome or what you know, whatever you want to call what you see every Tuesday night with NXT, uh, it definitely made it feel like a bigger deal. You know, actually being in a in a arena at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, very much like the main roster setup with the big screen, and you know they had the LED barricade. They didn't really use it too much. They just kind of flashed the NXT logo on there all night, but it definitely made the show like feel like a bigger deal than it usually does. It's fine with them doing TV, you know, in the Performance Center every Tuesday, but for these premium live events, they definitely need to be a permanent thing on the road. Yeah, I agree because it's different watching NXT from their normal arena as opposed to being on the road. Justin, they had, what, 13,000, 14,000 people at that event? Uh, Yeah, it, w- it, was, it was definitely a packed house, and, you know, Contribute that to whatever you want. I mean, the New Day was on the show. They're a main roster act. They probably, I'm sure they moved quite a few tickets, just their names being on the show in general. But, you know, it's been a long time since the days of takeovers and selling out buildings the weekends of big WB events. So this was this was good to see. Yeah, it really was. And uh, let's break down the card real quick, who won, and just give our thoughts. And... Then we'll go into uh, some things that we saw happen on NXT this week. Yeah, so the show started off with definitely, I would say, the best match of the night. Uh, the North American Championship, Wesley retaining over Dijak. Uh, Wesley has bounced back tremendously from losing his tag team partner in the last year. Uh, you know, we were just talking about just a minute ago with, you know, the Street Profits and Heavy Machinery. Once you kind of lose your tag partner, it's... It's a whole new world, and it's really hard to kind of come back from that. But Wesley, is, I think, has done a very good job. He's held the North American Championship for about four months now, and he, he put on a great performance here with Dijak, who is another one I'm glad to see is washing that retribution stink off him and, you know, really making his way on becoming a star in this company. But one of the biggest notes coming out of the match was Dijak, uh, and they got a great shot of it after the match, Dijak's finger literally came out of place and it was bent completely in the opposite direction, which looked absolutely disgusting. Uh, by the, by the sound of it, I guess they were able to just pop it back into place, but man, that was, that was nasty to see. Justin, have you ever jammed your finger? Like, you know, have you ever heard that term jamming your finger? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever done that? I'm sure I have at one point. Okay. I've done that a lot. I haven't done it in a very long time, thankfully. But when I've done that, it hurts like hell. So to like, I've broken toes, but to break a finger or something like that, I can't imagine how that feels. Like I've, like I said, I've jammed a finger and I'm like, ah, what the hell you, it hurts. You can't bend it for a little while. That did not look fun at all. And, and, you know, you got to finish the match. No, you know, you can't be like Sin Cara. 
Right. Uh, yeah, the, you know what? When, that, when, I saw, when I saw Dijak's finger, that was the first man that popped into my head was Sin Cara. Sin, poor Sin Cara. Botch Cara, wherever you, wherever you are, we thank you. But, yeah, that was a, that was a pretty nasty spot and didn't look fun, but... Uh, <laughs> God, all right. I, I want to move on from that. I'm, I'm starting yeah. To so uh, we had some more other notable things on the show. Uh, the NXT Women's Tag Titles, if you remember, those exist. Uh, they were won by Fallon Henley and Kiana James. Uh, we had, in my opinion, an underwhelming two out of three falls match with Carmelo Hayes and Apollo Cruz, and that's you know nothing against those guys because we know well we know both of them are great, but. I don't know. The match was just very slow. It was long. I don't know what. Yeah, it felt drawn out, like too drawn out, especially for two workers like that. Like I felt like that should have been more of a fast paced, you know, heavy hitting action style match, especially coming from Apollo Crews, who's trained by Mr. Hughes, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, especially having been on the main roster for so long and, and, you know, having done everything he's done. Uh, we did see his uh, commander Aziz actually attack Apollo after the match, though, which was pretty shocking. But that match itself was eh. And as, honestly, as far as the tag team, the the girls who won the match, I don't, Justin, I don't know if I, I like missed a spot, but did they even have a ring entrance? Because like when I watched, they were just there. Yeah, uh, they, they, they did have ring entrances for them. All right, I must have walked away. That's all I can think of. Because when I came back, they were just in the ring. Yeah, but I mean, to be honest, it also didn't help. I didn't know who they were. Fans, if you know me and you know this show, I actually don't watch NXT. Uh, usually, Justin and I are doing a pre-recorded show, perched on the top shelf. So I miss. NXT and I actually don't make up watching it. You know, I, I try to keep up with like some of the names that are there, but there we've been through this a million times on the show. There's just so much wrestling. You can't cover everything. So mm-hmm. I actually opt out to not watch NXT. Everyone's told me it's gotten better and this and that. And that's great. I just, I don't have the time. I have other stuff I'm doing, you know, trying to finish Mr. Hughes's book house projects trying to book interviews with wrestlers, things, you know, doing the other shows that we do. There's just, there's just not enough time in the world for it, unfortunately. But yeah, I, Justin, those, the, the two that won the championships, I didn't know who they were. Didn't know who they were at all. I thought they were like, I was, I was literally going to text in the group. Why is there a job? Why is there a job match on here? Okay. I like, they didn't look unison to me, like nothing, like I, I didn't get it, but like I was listening to commentary and commentary made it seem like the team that won, they were having problems already. So I was like, great. How long do they hold these belts for? Right. Yeah. So the storyline is did you saw um, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen on the outside of the ring, right? With Keanu James and Fallon Henley. Yeah. And I don't know who they are either. Okay. So to, to kind of wrap it up and give you a little bit of backstory on this. So Brooks Jensen, uh, Bull Buchanan's son, as I've, I've said to you in the past, and you don't believe me, uh, but it is Bull Buchanan's son. Brooks Jensen, his character on TV is he's very desperate and he's a virgin. So Kiana James kind of has the hots for him, or so he thinks. Uh, 
oh man, this is more complicated now that I think about it. So, okay, Fallon Henley, Kiana James's tag team partner, she owns a bar, right? Her family owns a bar and a ranch somehow. I don't know how this is all working out. Uh, she has horses, is pretty much her character. Um, so they had a match. Winner would get the bar. Uh, Fallon Henley kept the bar, and then Kiana James is still with Brooks Jensen, and then he wants them to team together so they can get along, and now they're the champions, and that, that I don't even know if I described that correctly, but that, that's pretty much the best I can do. Okay. Yeah, that's like following like high school musical storyline or Glee or some shit. That's too much for me. Yeah, I I, I so tried. Yeah. I, I, we just need basic storylines here, guys. It's NXT. Like, they got half the ratings that the main roster has, and, and less at times. So, don't complicate things. Jesus. Right. So, well, I, I I tried. Maybe I can. Like I'm, I'm, now I'm waiting. Now I'm waiting for like the third cousin removed in some sort of like, you know, that's my brother's uncle cousin type deal going on. Right, like that, like the fucking Godwins are gonna come out of nowhere, <laughs> you know, type deal. And the God and the Godwins are like their uncles or some shit. I can see it happening. <laughs> oh, man, all right. Anyway, yeah. So we we talked about Carmelo and Apollo already, obviously. Uh, from there, we had the four way for the NXT Tag Team Titles, uh, the New Day defending the titles against Gallus. Uh, the best tag team in NXT right now, the best tag team in all of WB, and the two tastiest snacks in all of WB, Kit Wilson and Elton Prince, pretty deadly. Yes, Why boy. are you referring to them as a snack? Do you got a crush on them? That, anyway, so that also I in the match was, blushing. Also in the match was Andre, Andre Chase University, Andre Chase and Duke Hudson. Uh, Gallus was able to defeat the New Day, uh, and the rest in the travesty, which should have been pretty deadly, regaining those NXT tag team championships. No boy. Uh, but the thing that was most surprising to me in all this was the New Day actually took the took the fall in this match, which you know, with it being a four way, you would imagine. I was definitely expecting somebody from Chase U to you know eat the pin in this match to give Gallus the win, but Xavier Woods took the pin. So good on the New Day for putting new talent over. Yeah, and I was just about to say that, you know, it was Xavier Woods that took the pinfall. Uh, good to see that, like, a tag team like that can be like, hey, you know, us winning, you know, doesn't do anything. But, you know, you guys are, are three newer teams. Like, we can afford it, you know. That can big. That could have been like a big make or break for one of them teams there. And and for Gallus to win, I'm I'm excited for because – we lost NXT UK. We know it's like being repackaged, mm-hmm. but we lost people and we lost quite a few people uh, in NXT UK that got released and some surprising names among, among them, which was pretty shocking in itself that, you know, we, you know, we saw some like Trent seven, like, no, did you see that coming? I feel like the Trent Seven release was more due to his age because he is kind of you know in that late thirties, early forties kind of bracket. Yeah, but I mean it was it was still shocking because he was one of the main. main yeah, guys. he was like one of the first four or five guys that they brought in for that NXT UK brand. Yeah, 
So it to me, I thought it was it was nice to see uh, them win because I didn't honestly. I would have been right there with you that it was either going to be the new day retaining, or they were going to lose them back to pretty deadly. Which I mean, I wouldn't have liked, but it is what it is. What do you mean you wouldn't have liked that? I would have liked that as much as you like Danhausen being the number one seller in merchandise for AEW. I'm just going to move on now. But yeah, <laughs> uh, Gallus is the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, and, you know, you just brought up the, you know, NXT UK ending and everything kind of dissolving into NXT what it is now. Honestly, I think it was for the better because now that we have these experienced veterans who kind of were in NXT UK uh, mixing in with what we had in this new version of NXT, not the rainbow fucking NXT, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, the NXT that was full of inexperienced talent, people just getting on TV for the first time. You know, I feel like it's meshing a lot better now, especially with, you know, it's not the rainbow brand. It's back to, you know, kind of black and gold, but not really. And I, I think it works now. I think it's definitely improving. I heard Skittles was coming out with their own package of NXT Skittles. <laughs> Taste the rainbow. Get ready for uh, NXT Stand and Deliver. You'll have the Skittles match. <laughs> Man, don't get me started because that Mountain Dew Pitch Black match, I want to like... Uh, <laughs> save that for another time. Save well, that for another time. I We'll save that for next week when we get into uh, pro wrestling and the evolving change of product placement, commercials, and sponsored matches make sure you tune in next week as we talk about that uh anyway it comes out with nxt uh we have a few more things happen justin and i want to i want to talk about this one spot yeah that happened on nxt uh we have bailey bringing back her her talk show ding dong hello And she has Toxic Attraction on, who had just lost the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. And when I was a kid, the talk show was Brutus Beefcake's uh, Barbershop. And he had the Rockers on, Shawn Michaels and Marty Giannetti. Now they were going through a rough patch. Kind of like Toxic Attraction. And, you know, it's a barber shop. You know, you got your barber chair. You got your barber poles with the red and the white spinning and the light. You know, and you got your glass. Marty talks. Sean talks. They're all good. Shake hands. Hug. Raise each other's hands. Super kick to the face. Sean Michaels to Marty Janetti. Sean takes Marty Jannetty, throws Marty Jannetty through the glass. Marty Jannetty's bleeding. He's injured, and and we don't see him for a little while. This was literally the same thing, just with the women. Oh, yeah, complete carbon copy. You know this this had Shawn Michaels' hands all over it. So, we see, yeah, everything's good, everything's good, and then boom! Gigi takes a super kick. 
gets slammed into a door and then kicked again. Uh, correction. She was not slammed into the door. She tried to jump through the door to escape. Okay. Well, thank you for that correction. I'm, I'm just saying. Take your beating like a, like a weird woman, you know? So, tries to escape, gets kicked again. I mean, that had the barbershop 1991 vibes all over again, dude. Yeah. A thousand percent. You know, unfortunately for Gigi Dolan in this situation, she was slammed into a door where it's supposed to, you know, fly open on the other side, but the door opens from the opposite side. So the door didn't fucking fly open. So what does JC Jane do? She kicks Gigi Dolan right in the fucking head to break this door open. And it still didn't really break open. Uh, uh, she kicked her right in the fucking face, man. Oh my God. It, it they, was did not, they did not plan that door spot right. Someone oh. did not think that one through with the door. Should have turned it around. Right. Uh, however, though, uh, Gigi did post a photo of her face and she is pretty beat up. She's got all sorts of like red marks all over the side of her face from the door. Getting kicked. Ouch. Yeah, I I could hear the impact with the door, and I uh, that was not good. Now, Justin, this was uh, you know, not the only thing that happened on NXT. I'll let you take this next spot because uh, this was pretty shocking for fans to have happen too. Yeah. So on NXT, we also saw a return of the former NXT UK champion Ilya Dragunov. He uh, interfered in the Carmelo Hayes JD McDonough match. Uh, the reason for this is because J.D. McDonough put uh, Ilya Dragunov on the shelf just back in October following the Hav- Halloween Havoc uh, premium live event. Uh, we haven't seen Dragunov since, but he's back, and he chased uh, J.D. McDonough. I keep wanting to call him Jordan Devlin because that was his fucking name beforehand. Uh, J.D. McDonough is a fucking terrible name, by the way. Uh, you quit changing names. I-, 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 I get it, but it's... J- jd mcdonald oh my god anyway um <laughs> uh so Ilya Dragunov chases jd mcdonald out for the crowd i would imagine they're probably going to have a match at the uh stand and deliver premium live event wrestlemania weekend uh probably with a stipulation tacked onto it to uh you know make it a little bit bigger yeah you know you bring up carmelo hayes too we see that he's going to be in a NXT Championship feud with Braun Breaker at the end of Braun Breaker's match at Vengeance Day, uh, which he won against Grayson Waller. Uh, still the champ. Carmelo came out. That that's how the show ends. You know they're staring off at each other. Ooh. Stare down. <laughs> like what's Braun gonna do? He's all the literally on top of the cage at the opposite end. Like do a flip. Yeah, like you know, we weren't gonna see anything, but you know, we had the stare down from uh, a distance. That's gonna be a fun match, though. I, I Braun Breaker's a hell of a wrestler. Carmelo's done a fantastic job, even though his match that night was. It is what it is. Right. There's one thing I do want to talk about before we move on to a another company. Cody and Paul Heyman had one hell of a promo. 
on uh, Monday Night Raw. Justin, what did you think of that? Okay, so anyone who uh, who did not see the promo segment with Heyman on and Cody Rhodes on Monday, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes came out as usual. And he, he's got to do a lot less of this going into WrestleMania because I worry fans may just turn on it like they did in AEW where Cody Rhodes comes out and, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and everything's great. And remember the fucking when he had that feud with Anthony Agogo in AEW and it's like the American and the foreigner and Cody Rhodes cut a promo leading into it and he's like, I, you know, the the I have a black wife and this, that, and the other. It's like Cody Rhodes ended racism. And, you know, he's got to stop that. Like, not do it as much going into WrestleMania. But, um, you know, it started with that. And then we got Paul Heyman coming out. Uh, Cody told a story about, you know, Paul booking Dusty for WC, or not WCW, oh my God, uh, for ECW. And it really helped Dusty gain his confidence back. Uh, you know, they talked for a little bit longer and then it kind of ended with, uh, Paul saying that he spoke to Dusty before he died and he told Paul, Dusty told Paul that Cody was his favorite son and, you know, Dustin's kind of in the shadows. We're not going to mention him, but, um, that Cody was his favorite son, but Roman Reigns is the son that he always wanted. And, you know, Cody got in Paul's face and he said, (laughs) You know, I'm taking that title from your man at WrestleMania. So, shots have been fired going into the Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns feud for WrestleMania this year. So, what I really like about this, Justin, is when I worked at Ringside News, I actually had the opportunity to work with Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Goldust, at the time, because he was in WWE, and... We actually talked about Dusty in ECW. It was actually my last question. And I had asked him his his thoughts on his his father going to ECW. And uh, first of all, I'll say what he said about his brother. Because uh, at the time, you know, Cody wasn't in WWE anymore, this and that about you know how how often he talks to his brother just about every week we talk we have good conversation about what he's doing and how proud i am how proud dad would be i put it there as much as possible because he's my brother he's my half brother but he's my brother i love him he's blood he's doing a great job and he's doing it on his own feet without the big machine behind him we're seeing what cody rhodes can do business wise and he's making some great business decisions he will be back though. We all come back. This WWE is the place to be. Now, the other thing that was asked was if he wanted to be something outside the road's name. Cause as, as you know, Cody has really been pushing, you know, for the uh, roads to win the WWE championship. Cause it's never been done. Dusty had been a multiple time tag team champion and intercontinental champion and same with Cody, but, uh, he says, no, I always wanted to be the son of Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. Those are big shoes to fill. They'll never be filled. But I think I've done a good job carrying on his legacy. Cody has done a great job carrying on his legacy. And we will continue to do that and uphold the Rhodes name as best as possible. You know, and then I'd asked, uh, 
you know, what his thoughts were on his father being in ECW from 99 to 2000. And kind of just like Cody had said, it was a rough time for our family right there. As dad liked to put it, we live on hard times. Well, he was having hard times right there. He went to ECW and that's us supporting our family. My dad and I grew up in the era where if you made a dollar, you spent two. And we always said, we'll make it later. Well, that catches up to you. You got to really take care of your family and put some money away. So essentially what, you know, when I heard the whole reminiscence of them talking about Dusty and ECW, all I kept thinking to myself was that interview I had done with Goldust. Uh, fans, if you want to catch more of that, uh, I'll be posting those on facebook.com slash perched on the top rope. Uh, I've unfortunately don't have the audio anymore. Uh, I lost some things on my computer in a crash. And that was unfortunately one of the things that was lost. However, I still have him with our show opener, which I was able to save somehow. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll, I'll post uh, clippings of the, the articles and stuff. And unfortunately we know that Dustin is also going to apparently seems like retire this year. He made that kind of evident on Twitter, but you know, going back to Cody and Paul Heyman, hell of a promo, especially from a man who came from the land of extreme and defied what wrestling should be coming from a f wrestling family and, and a second generation star who along with his dad maybe wasn't supposed to be in the position that they got and are out here to really prove themselves as a wrestling family and to prove that legacy. And we've seen it try to be done time and time again. What's left of the Hart family is Natalia Nightheart. Teddy is out of his mind. Davy Boy Smith Jr. is still wrestling. The last time he was in WWE, he got to work a dark match or he worked a match on main event and they released him. Didn't even stand a chance again, which is sad. Tyson Kidd's gone. His producer can't wrestle anymore. His neck. You know, with the flares, you got Charlotte still wrestling. Reed passed away. And Dave retired a long time ago. You got the Von Eriks. Their family was cursed. Holy hell. And they got a movie coming out, which is pretty cool. But we also saw that uh, outside of that, you know, the Von Eric boys of Carrier over in MLW doing the best they can. You got the Anawahis who are the biggest family. The Rotundas, the Steiners. The list goes on and on, Justin. And I've, I've brought this up before uh, when I've interviewed Samu, when I've interviewed L.A. Smooth, who was also known as Alofa in WWF in the early 90s. And I'd ask them their opinion on if there should be a WWE legacy or, you know, family wing to the Hall of Fame. And Justin, what do you think their answer was? 
I I would probably say yes. Oh, they did. Yeah, 100 100%. Uh, that in my opinion, you know, they have a legacy wing, you have the main Hall of Fame, you have the Warrior Award. There's so many different families and now we're even seeing more Roddy Piper's daughter is wrestling. We've got third generation superstars out there. There's a lot going on, and I, I it was just something I'd love to see. And, and this promo, like to me, like reminded me of all that stuff that I think that we should see. You know, because Cody's always talking about family and this and that. And if wrestling is family, why don't we have a wrestling family wing Hall of Fame? You know, for the families that have been, you know, part of this business, and 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 that's all they know. You know, that's right. all they know. So I'd love to see something like that. And this promo was great. It was awesome. If you're one of the fans who was lucky enough to pre-order the WWE legends, Paul Heyman, I do not like you because I did not get one. Yeah, me either. Fuck you guys who got to Paul before we did. Yeah, all of you. Frick off. Anyway, Justin, why don't we switch from WWE... And we go to that A other company, AEW. Let's do it. Let's talk Dynamite. Uh, man, I'll let you lead this. Okay. So I'll start by saying it was a fun episode of Dynamite. Uh, they dubbed it Championship Fight Night. They had a few championship eliminator matches. Uh, MJF versus Kanosuke Takeshita, or as MJF would call him, Takeshita. Uh, was very good in the opener. MJF. Uh, really impressed me by, you know, landing on his feet off of a fucking flip, uh, from the top rope. Uh, not something I ever expected from MJF, but, uh, he did that and that impressed me, uh, for a man who only wrestles about seven times a year or so. But, uh, we had that and then we had Jamie Hayter defeating the bunny in a championship eliminator match. Uh, Brian Danielson and Roosh had a great match in the middle of the show. Uh, the Elite, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega retained the Trios Championships over uh, AR Fox and Top Flight. Uh, and I'm really liking the trio of AR Fox and Top Flight. I think they work really well, well together, especially with teams like Def Triangle and the Elite, as we saw this past week. But uh, let's talk about the main event, which is kind of where the show really fell flat for me. Uh the AEW World Tag Team Championships were on the line. Uh, the Acclaimed defended against whatever you want to call them. The Gun Club, the Guns, the Ass Boys, Austin and Colton Gunn. Uh, Billy Gunn was kind of the uh, in the middle of all this. He agreed to stay in the back. At one point, the ref took a bump. Austin Gunn came into the ring with one of the tag titles. Billy Gunn came out, took the title from him. He got hit with the other AEW tag title from Colton Gunn. Uh, at one point, Anthony Bowens tried to roll up Austin, uh, pushed into the ropes, and hit with a tag title by Colton, uh, which led to the 1-2-3. And somehow, the Guns are the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. Uh, and this run just screams transitional champions to me. I don't know how you take 
the belts off the acclaim this early. Right. They're still right. very, very hot. Everything's over with them. And of all, of all people, the guns, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I see them being tra- transitional champions. Like, do they even have like opponents set for them next already or no? Or, I would like, imagine, they, they... I would imagine it's just going to be a rematch against the acclaim. So one thing I do want to bring up that is kind of interesting. Um, so before the acclaimed feud with the guns late last year, they were feuding with FTR. Now FTR has been off TV for the last month. So I'm wondering if this whole thing was done to transition the titles from the guns to FTR. That could be the case, but, uh, Dax also let it know on his podcast that their contracts are up this spring. Right. So, you know, is putting the belts on them a way to try and keep them? Because he did state that, you know, they're looking into, you know, seemingly wrestle on the independent scene as opposed to wrestling on TV for a while. Right. You know, at least that's what the talks were last that, you know, he had brought up on his podcast. So I'll be a little curious to find that out. Yeah. But... I could also see it as a case where, you know, you have the revolution pay-per-view in a few weeks on March 5th. Uh, I could easily see them just putting the belts back on the acclaimed at the pay-per-view, but I don't really see why we have this necessary step where we got to take the titles off the acclaimed just to throw it right back on them. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get that. Uh, we've seen AEW likes playing hot potato with the championship as we've also seen, recently with Wardlow, Samoa Joe, and Darby Allen with the TNT championship. That's their hot potato championship. That's like their 24-7 championship. That's like the hardcore championship. Come on. Right. You know, I get I get as fans, we don't have the attention span anymore for long-range champions, which is why everyone hates Roman Reigns. Everyone hates John Cena. Can you imagine if we had to deal with Bruno San Martino as the world champion for five years in 2023? Holy hell, fans would not be able to tolerate it. There would be no professional wrestling if that's the case. God, fans, take your ADHD meds and watch some wrestling and let us have long-term champions instead of this flip-flopping every other week. I can't do it, man, with the championship. It's terrible. The belt, belt's got to mean something. It doesn't mean anything if it's just constantly changing hands. Right. You know? And my thing is with this whole thing, you know, the guns, they've never been made to be any kind of serious challengers on this show. They've always been portrayed as jokes. Well, you can thank Dan Housen for that. Well, he's a joke too. So, I mean, joke, jokey, yes, joke. Yes, joke, yes, joke, joke. Monies. Give me, give me monies. Can we, can we get off the Dan Housen shit? No. I, I hope that's cursed. not even cursing me. I hope that just kills cursed. me. Cursed. Cursed. But, you know, speaking of AEW, Justin, uh, today was announced they have finally resolved the rating for Fight Forever. Yes. And we talked about this a few weeks ago as well. So, Yes, they were uh, struggling, as we know. Uh, they didn't want the game to be MA, uh, which was the way it was looking. Uh, however, 
they were able to apparently get it down to teen. And I'm going to read off the rating summary because it's hilarious. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, This is a wrestling game in which players compete in matches with wrestlers from the AEW rosters. Players use punches, kicks, and grappling maneuvers to drain their opponent's health in some match types, e.g. barbed wire, stadium stampede. Unsanctioned. Players can use barbed wired. Literally barbed wired. Baseball bats, metal chairs, and Molotov cocktails against opponents. So you can light your opponent on fire, apparently. Uh, Eventually resulting in submission and or knockouts. Blood splatter effects can occur during matches, staining the mats. Video footage of real matches also depicts blood on wrestlers' faces and bodies. The game contains mildly suggestive material. Female wrestlers in revealing outfits, e.g. deep cleavage, bunny outfits, partially exposed buttocks, wrestlers performing taunting gestures, e.g. crotch chop slapping buttocks. Real... Real footage sometimes depicts wrestlers drinking alcohol and smoking. The word shit is heard <laughs> in the game. So, uh, rather funny description there for the game, Justin. What do you think? Uh, okay. Yeah, I heard about the whole bunny outfit in the description, and I, and that's got to be Allie, you know, the bunny on AEW. I don't know what else that would be. I mean, it has to. I mean, unless they've got some sort of like, Edge Lita Monday Night Raw sex theme role playing where it's a bunny, right? I mean, and then the crotch chopping. I would imagine that means Billy Gunn is in this game. If not, you know the Ass Boys or at least ass the Toys. But that's it's quite descriptive. Yeah, and you know, speaking of AEW, he finally has a figure coming out, to which I think we'll talk about Saturday, Justin. Let's also let's also not forget he is the number one merchandise seller for AEW, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Danhausen. I hope his figure gets canceled. He also has his own pre-workout with BPI Sports. He also has his own coffee. Maybe you should start using his pre-workout. I don't know if you've noticed, Justin, but uh, I'm I'm slimmer. I'm trimmer. I'm looking. Stop! Stop it I'm, right now. I, I, I'm I'm looking like. I'm looking like HBK via 92, but I got the shorter hair like it's 2023. And woo-wee! I am fine and dandy like sour candy, boy. I'm just a sexy Lee. Sexy Lee! I like to pee in the sea. Pee in the sea! I'm just a sexy Lee. Sexy Lee! I like to pee in the sea. I don't know. Is what what is with you and piss play, man? Um, Shawn Michaels uh, is alive and well, and he's rolling in his grave. Jesus Christ! Uh, first off, there's nothing with me with piss play. That's uh, you seem to talk about piss a lot. That's for another podcast. Uh, I'm not being a crybaby piss pants right now. All right, all right. <laughs> Let's calm it down. Before this this show goes off the rails and is no longer PG thirteen and you know we're rated XXX like Raw. 
Yeah, now we're going to have to fucking fight for a rating like Fight Forever. Yeah. Don't listen, FCC. Let us be. But, you know, speaking of that, we had an incident that hasn't happened in, like, a really long time. Uh, and I'm I'm going to go back to, you go to YouTube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope and listen to Larry Sabisco talk about the lawn dart incident with Rey Mysterio when the Outsiders and WCW came in and attacked uh, the WCW roster to the point that fans were calling 911 and cops were actually sent to the stadium. Justin, we find out something similar happened on AEW Dynamite. Why don't you tell us what happened? Yeah, so... uh Following his match with Kanosuke Takeshita, uh, MJF uh, did a backstage interview, and this man just continues to prove why he's such a great heel. He goes into, into talking about a story. He says, Daniel Bryan, or, my God, I'm still calling him Daniel Bryan. It's been like two years. Oh, give me a sector to regain my composure. Brian Danielson. Excuse me. He tells a story about not having to face diversity. MJF has had to face adversity. He told a story about he was in his junior year of high school. He had a nice blue Camaro. He would drive it around every day, drive it as fast as he could. And, you know, he would rack up points on his license. He was one point away from getting his license taken away. Then he talks about one night as junior prom. He goes in and he sees this girl. Her name is Liv. You know what that's a reference to. But um, he sees Liv. He's, she's the most beautiful girl in the school. He takes her out for a ride in the Camaro. And if at one point, it was a very rainy day. Raining cats and dogs, he says. And he stomps on the accelerator. Uh, when he goes to, you know, hit the, hit the brake, he hits the accelerator. They crash into a telephone pole, wakes up, windshield is smashed, her head is hit the windshield, he's bleeding all over the place, and then he hears the police siren in the background, and at this point he's faced with adversity. So you know what he does? You know what kind of man he is? He takes Liv's lifeless body, puts her in the driver's seat, and she's the one who drove, not MJF. That's adversity, Brian Danielson. That's the kind of man who will do whatever it takes to win. Because it doesn't matter at the end of the day how you do it, as long as the job gets done. Right. But it came out Thursday morning that, and I had to pull it up to make sure I had it right, the Nassau Police Department, where MJF is, you know, resides in Long Island, so local, uh, received over 300 phone calls Pretty much making them aware that MJF committed to a felony on national TV. And a statement was released by the police department that they are investigating the claims, but it is believed to be a fictional story on the television show. So, MJF continuing to prove what a heel he is. Absolutely. Uh, You know, it, it just reminded me of that beautiful, beautiful WCW segment. Can you imagine being a fan listening to that and then you call the police? Like, I mean, you know what? People called the police when Vince McMahon's limo blew up in the parking lot, so 
some people do it. I guess if you're that into it, good for you. But I mean, we all know how that worked out because the police were literally called since Chris Benoit killed his wife, child, right. and himself the next day. You know, so there, right. there's that. I don't. I don't think I want to end on that note. So, uh, fans, next week on Perched on the Top Shelf, Justin and I will be reviewing the WWF Hasbro Series 4, but this Saturday, you're getting a bonus episode. We are going to talk about new figures that are coming out figures that have just been released we're not going to touch too much on the wwe retros because we are doing a full review of that series after we fully review the wwf hasbros uh i believe justin and alex are going to be starting a tna show together you can also go and check that out when it comes out i believe justin i don't even know what you guys are doing i want you to fill the fans in yeah, so uh, me and Alex are still kind of going back and forth on ideas right now. The plan is to do a watch-along on these old TNA pay-per-views, these old TNA shows. Uh, we believe it's going to be starting with Lockdown 2006. I feel like that's a good starting point for it. Uh, and date is to be determined on that. Still kind of trying to figure everything out, but uh, it'll be up as soon as possible. Yeah. But also, fans, in the meantime... You can check out Alex every Sunday at twitch.tv slash perched on the top rope where he uh, just finished playing WWE SmackDown Here Comes the Pain. I believe he's doing GM mode, so you can catch him there this Sunday again. Unless he does it another day, but there's the Super Bowl. But you can go check out that video. Uh, it's excellent gameplay. A lot of all sorts of shit happens. It's a fun game from the PS2. You can check Justin, our Perch correspondent, on his own YouTube page at youtube.com slash injustinwetrust. As you know, he is the Kirch, the yeah, Kirch, he is the Perch correspondent. And he recently attended Raw XXX. But Justin, I believe you have some other shows coming up. So why don't you let people know uh, what shows you're going to be attending and about your videos? Yeah, so at the moment... Uh, we have a few, or we, uh, I have a few more shows lined up, uh, but Lee's going to be a part of a few of them. Uh, like we have the big horror event in Queens, uh, which is March 11th. Myself and Lee, we will be meeting the likes of Edge and Cody Rhodes and, you know, a few other, uh, stars of wrestling today and yesterday. Uh, I will also be at the Barclays Center this Monday night for Monday Night Raw, March what is it? 12th, because it's the day after big event. I'll be at Madison Square Garden for the Road to WrestleMania house show. And then, Lee, we're going to WrestleMania. Yes, we are. We will be at WrestleMania 39 Hollywood, folks. I can't wait. I cannot yeah, wait. It's, it's speeding up very, very quick. Yes, it is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have excellent interviews, unboxing videos, and you can watch a legend like Greg the Hammer Valentine chop me in the chest at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope where we have close to 11,000 likes. 
You can find us on Instagram at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Perched Top Rope. You can find us anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Podbead, Podbay, Stitcher, Red Circle, you name it, we're there. It's Perched on the Top Rope. And for all of those who have kept us on their chartable top 250s in the wrestling category, we thank you. We've been, we have not left Ireland in over two years. We're currently rocking in the top 50 in Ireland, the United States. We've been in Canada, Great Britain, Australia, Germany, number one in Indonesia. Fans, make sure you go and you download all the episodes. It's Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope, where we post hilarious Selena scenes, where we recreate the greatest moments in wrestling history, including Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania, because you're not going to convince me otherwise that that's not one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. Just like Dan Housing appearing on AEW, one of the greatest wrestling moments in history. It's a Selena scene. Says the guy who's buying Dan Housen's... Shut up, you know, stop. We're not getting into that. Says the guy who's buying Dan Housen's new micro-brawlers. There, I said it. I hate you. And you know what? If that doesn't tickle your fancy, ladies and gentlemen, you can watch the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan... From WCW, get humped by a dog. That's right, you heard me. The Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog. It's pinned on our TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope. Ladies and gentlemen, always remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. Danhausen sucks.